Well, you tell them that Han Solo just stole back the Millennium Falcon for good. This is a Millennium Falcon. You're Han Solo. I used to be. Han Solo, the rebellion general? No, the smuggler. Wasn't he a war hero? This is a ship that made the Kessel Run in 14 parsecs. 12. 14. Welcome to the Wampa's Lair Podcast. Deep in the bowels of the frozen ice caverns of Hawk, our hosts, Carl LeClaire, Jason Hunt, and Katie Horn, discuss all things Star Wars. So join the conversation and hang out here in the Wampa's Lair. Hey everybody, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Wampus Lair Podcast. This is episode number 322, hashtag relatable. I'm, as always, one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, the Cassian Andor and K2SO. To my Chirrut Imwe, we have Carl Leclerc and Katie Horn. But wait, there's more. We also have the Jin Urso to our crew. We've got our good buddy, Jim Capron. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I'm I the feel- one doling out slaps. <laughs> of course, I you feel are. so privileged because last time I was poor gullet, and now I'm Jin. So that's <laughs> that's quite, quite the upgrade. An yeah. yeah. Well, I will yeah, take it. Jim knows the truth, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> he knows the truth. <laughs> but oh, one tends to lose one's mind when one podcasts with him. Um, so. <laughs> Hopefully that doesn't happen this time. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've already lost our minds on this show, so it's you're too late for that. I'm getting um, sucked into it. Oh no! Save me. <laughs> I was gonna say, Jim, you're hashtag delightful. Oh, oh. <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> oh, Jim, I'm so glad you are joining us for this episode, buddy. I'm so glad to be back. Thanks for having me on. It's really exciting. This, this, hold on, listen to this. Oh, yeah. Okay, sorry. I just love that little moment. No, you're right. I'm not sorry. (laughs) Who who am I kidding? I'm not sorry in the least. Um, Now, Jim, this, this episode idea, which I am so stoked to be talking about with the three of you, this is yours, man. This was your brainchild. I don't think you sent it to us with the idea of doing an, a podcast oh, episode. definitely not. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you sent us, uh, you know, a little, just probably a few episodes back when we were, we did our, our episode, The Rule of Two, where we talked, um, oh God, I don't remember the whole topic, but I know we got into a lot about like, you know, kind of the reaction to fandom as of late and, and, and how it can be a bit exhausting. Um, but the importance of just like really loving characters and you wrote, uh, to be fair, Jim, like you, I love reading your, your tweets on Twitter. You've always got something insightful to say. And you were the second person after Katie to, to be on the podcast as a, as a Patreon supporter where we talked all about Jenner. So, which was so much fun. Um, and, but you wrote us this really, really thoughtful, again, like they always are from you email about, um, you know, just really identifying with a character and, and really just investing yourself in the story and kind of pushing all of that 
kind of like blowhard commentary to the sides <laughs> as best you can, which is often difficult to do, to be fair. There's a, mm. there's a lot of people with loud right. voices uh, that have nothing to bring to the conversation except being buttheads. Um <laughs> <laughs> but you like you know you you brought this great idea of like oh hey there's this character I strongly identify with and I don't care what people say and I immediately identified because of of my own connection with a with the character as of late and so I messaged you and I was like hey Jim we want to do this as a whole episode idea and luckily you were on board yeah it works for me I mean first off you're way too kind saying that I wrote you a good email oh, no okay. <laughs> no I'm not no I'm not man that was but, that email was great. But no, really, I really did enjoy that discussion that you guys had about a month ago, just trying to focus on the things that you love about Star Wars and also just trying to be open to developing an appreciation for things in Star Wars that aren't exactly your favorite. Mm-hmm. And I, I just really like that. And it's been on my mind a lot lately. So I'm I'm really glad that you guys do take that approach and primarily primarily focus on the things in Star Wars that you love and relate to, which I guess brings us here tonight. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag relatable. Yes. <laughs> and as the title implies, we are going to be each talking about a specific character in Star Wars that we strongly identify with right now and how that's impacted really kind of our lives. Um, I don't know where you guys are at with this, but I, my notes are a little bit in depth, so I, I plan to share obviously a little bit of my own personal life in this episode not not over the top um but really really share about how my own story intersects a bit um and and how i've how i've understood my own story and journey as of late through the context of i mean god it's it's not a surprise obviously the character of han solo and solo a star wars story <laughs> i'm not fooling anybody Never would have guessed. i'm not even gonna try to hold out for that um but you know so um you know, I'm really excited to talk about that. Just obviously, f- for my own my own sense, um, but I'm really excited to hear what you guys have been identifying with and, and and how that's been playing an impact on your life. And I think that's one thing I've I've always respected about Jason and Katie specifically, like doing the show, and and even you, Jim, just through um, what you've been saying on social media. Is I think all of us collectively take Star Wars. Uh, you know, very seriously, not in the sense that like, oh, we, we think it's real life, but we take it seriously enough that we allow it to affect our lives and, and see our lives through the mirror of Star Wars. And, and I think that enhances our lives. So I'm really excited to have this conversation and um, hopefully it'll spark something in you who's, if you're listening about your own sense of identity to, to a character in Star Wars or characters. Obviously, we are limiting ourselves to one for right now, but uh, yes. there's always been characters in, in the history of Star Wars that you can identify with. So hopefully that gives you a sense of what we'll be doing in, in the show. Yeah. We don't have um, a, a matchup or a poll to start you off with uh, this episode, but we will have a matchup at the end of the episode that our good buddy Jim has been so kind to come up with and has not told us yet. So, um, in the dark. Gotta wait to the end. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, stick always around. Always a good one. <laughs> uh, stick around for that one. I, I'm excited to find out what Jim has cooking for us. Um, yes. <laughs> but, Carl. Yes. Where, oh. where do you want to start? Well, I want to start quickly by reminding everybody to stick around after the show (laughs) 
for uh, um, episode seven of the Empire Strikes Back radio drama. New allies, mm-hmm. new enemies. <laughs> so again, hopefully you've been following along with the radio dramas. My goodness, they are fun. Last week's episode of the 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 way of the Jedi. I just got to give a quick shout out to Mark Hamill crushing the line when he's going into Yoda's hut and bumps his head and he goes, "Oh, lower your ceilings." I mean, your ceilings are low. <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, that's so good, <laughs> so good." <laughs> Um, but yeah, so stick around to the end of the episode, both for the surprise of Jim's matchup and mm-hmm. the uh, next episode of the radio drama. Um, but uh, Jim, I kind of, I kind of want to invite you to kick the conversation off. This is your yeah. brainchild. Um, I feel like I know who you're going to talk about. Um, <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> and uh, it's it, it's obvious. It's obviously Captain Typho. You know, obviously, um, obviously. Yeah. I know, I know me too well. I know you have a strong identification with eye patches. Um, yeah, yeah so. eye patches. Oh, you know it. Yeah. <laughs> and being more worried about her doing something than him. So, um. <laughs> but, oh my goodness! So, so Jim, um, get us going, man. What, what, what? What's on your mind, and Jen? What? Gin, 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 gin. It's everybody's favorite drink at the bar. Uh, uh, excuse me, bartender. I'd like a gin and gym. I'm sorry, what? Gin and gym. <laughs> All right, so buckle up because we're going deep with this one. Oh my <laughs> god, I'm, I'm strapped in. I, I'm ready. Prepare yourself. Uh, you might want to buckle up. Your, we're going heavy right off the bat. Um, Jason, so, Jason, yes. real quick, you might want to buckle up, baby. Okay, well, click. Um. <laughs> Sorry, Jim. <laughs> All right. So to no surprise to you three, my favorite character and the character I identify with the most is, without question, Jin or so. And Jin's become my favorite over the past couple of years or so because of how much I've found myself relating to her emotionally and how important her story of hope and perseverance has become to me and specifically when I started to get really, really sick a couple of years ago. And without getting into too much detail, throughout 2017, my health gradually and very unexpectedly started to decline. And by late 2017, I found out that I had neurological Lyme disease, which is known as being a very, very challenging condition to treat. And throughout all of 2018, it definitely proved to be that because I went through a lot of different treatments and I didn't really have any luck with it at the time. And once again, without getting into too much detail, it, it really did take complete control over my life for well over a year. And I really, really struggled with it. But luckily, I've recently started to get a lot more traction with putting this into remission. So while it's definitely something that still affects me to this day, it's much more manageable now. And I can at least see the light at the end of the tunnel. But yeah. getting first back, of all, I'm, I'm glad to hear that that's the case. So yeah, me too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I really appreciate that. But but getting back to Jen, why we're here. <laughs> She's I, why we're all here, Stardust. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> She's of course. the best. Hashtag relatable. There wouldn't, there wouldn't have been Star Wars without her getting those plans. <laughs> without her bold passion, we would not exist. Just let the go. She's everything. <laughs> 
What is she proposing? What is she proposing? <laughs> what is she proposing? I will tell you what I'm proposing. <laughs> Do it. But yeah, but getting back to Jen, I, I found myself relating a lot to her because at the beginning of Rogue One, she is completely hopeless and apathetic and beat down and exhausted. And she really just wants to give up on herself. And to be honest, like those were all emotions I really struggled with all of last year when my health was really at its worst. And there are so many Jen moments that I identify with, but one is when she's talking to Saw about the Empire and the Rebellion, and she says, all it's ever brought me is pain. And I, I empathize with her so much because I also had a burden that took like complete control over my life and caused me a lot of pain and frustration. And for over a year, like no matter how hard I fought it, it always beat me at the end of every day but to spin this in a more positive direction <laughs> Jin's story also really resonated with me because of how she was able to go from that to moving on from her past and restoring her hope in herself and ultimately pushing through it and achieving the impossible and like i've certainly had a great support system throughout this with like my family my friends my co-workers and i work at a rather reputable hospital so i've been very lucky to be able to see some great doctors but I have to say that Jin's story very much was the thing that gave me so much hope and mental strength to get through that really tough time. And lines of hers like The Time to Fight is Now and Rebellions are Bell on Hope, those just became so important to me. And they're without a doubt my favorite lines in all of Star Wars now for obvious reasons. Yeah. But just a, like another moment that really resonated with me is when she's on the top of the citadel tower towards the end and she's just battered and bruised and covered in blood and dirt and sweat and tears but she's still limping to that transmission console giving every ounce of herself to that mission and nothing in the galaxy is going to stop her from accomplishing her goals and that visual representation of mental and physical perseverance was just so real to me and just something that resonated with me so much given what I was going through at the time mm. and I, I could just go on and on about this character obviously and I think you three get the hint by now that her, her story just means absolutely everything to me and I think she's always going to be my favorite because of how much inspiration I've gotten from her story throughout all this so so yeah in a nutshell that is why I love Jin Erso so much mm. oh man no well First off, thanks oh, you for... can't start that music. You can't start that music. I will melt. What are you, talk <laughs> what are you, what are you talking about? I, I did nothing. <laughs> no. Of course you didn't, Carl. Carl, you're, you're a fool, Carl. <laughs> Carl, you fool. <laughs> I, I can I can talk about Jim, but once I picture her in my head, that's when I'm a goner. I'm no. just like a puddle of tears. <laughs> it's pathetic. No, it's not, man. It's awesome. And uh, first off, like, thank you for even sharing. What you just oh. shared, like <laughs> Katie showing off showing her, her forces of her destiny, Jim, <laughs> just to break Jim down. <laughs> yeah. Wait, hold on. Like, if I Katie, picture her, I, Katie, I break hold, down, and I'm like, yeah. hold that up. Hold, I see what you're doing hold that up, Katie. Oh, here we go. There we go, Jim. We will break you. <laughs> no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Oh no, my goodness! She's here, to, she's here to protect you, Jim. She's here to like to fight at your side. She's, she's the guardian angel. Yes. <laughs> there you go. She's got you. Oh my goodness! No, but it, 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 like seriously, thank you for sharing that. And and yeah. so hard. So oh, sorry sure. to hear like that struggle, but also like so like awesome again. Like that you have found this character who has made that experience 
endurable, but more than endurable, hopeful, right? Um, right. Star mm-hmm. Wars, this is the beauty of Star Wars. It's mythology. It's, it's mm-hmm. you know, it's these stories that are meant to elevate all of us from when we were children mm-hmm. to even now. And this is why we all fell in love with Star Wars. I, I, you know, I would say is like as kids, it made us dream. And now as adults, it gives us hope. It gives us uh, a narrative to live through some of the toughest crap in our lives. And, and it, it teaches something about ourselves too. Yeah. If we, if we let it. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so like kudos to you for letting it, you know, like, I <laughs> yeah. mean, a, a lot of people just want to analyze it as, as a film, which again is fine, but how much mm-hmm. more beautiful when you make it something hashtag relatable. <laughs> hashtag relatable. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, it, it's certainly fun to like really dig into the details with all this. But at the end of the day, like this is why I watch Star Wars to mm-hmm. get those emotional connections and learn something about myself. And man, did I learn something about myself from Jin? <laughs> and th- there's definitely been other characters that I've identified with, but never somebody who like scene for scene like. I've just mm. identified with like every emotion that she's going through. It's like, I know what's going on in your head right now. Mm. Cause I've been there too. I mean, obviously not literally, mm. but yeah. more like metaphorically, I know the emotional and psychological struggle that she's going to. And that familiarity, it just helps make it help make my experience just a little bit more endurable. Like mm. you were saying. Yeah. No, that's great. I mean, it's not great what you had to go through. It's great that. No. Yeah. Yeah. that. <laughs> I think we can all agree on that. Like, I'm not that much yeah. of a jerk. <laughs> it's great yeah. to see your story reflected like that, you know, and, uh, and and be able to take the hopeful message from it and just see, you know, that no matter how hard they dish it out, Jen just keeps going. That's so. Mm-hmm. Did I say Jim or did I say Jen? I don't know. <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> just say Jen, Jim. <laughs> right. Jim. It just keeps going. It is. It, yeah, it's very beautiful. Good yeah, I think that's one of the things that really draws me to Rogue One is the hope, but also the perseverance that's yes. amplified in all of the characters. I mean, from like start to finish, those characters are just pushing through so much resistance. And it's like, it's very physical how, they, how they're doing it too. Because like in all the other Star Wars movies, you don't have characters like just crawling through mud and just going through like really, really tough times. But with... Like I said, with Rogue One at the end, Jen is like, she can barely stand up, but yeah. she just keeps going. And like when I saw that, I was just like, wow, yeah. this this character is like everything to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah sure. it's, that, it's that very visceral, uh, you know, I, if I can just take one more step and then just one more after that and one more, right. and then maybe I can just keep going. Mm, if I right. can just take one more step, find mm-hmm. that strength for just one more, mm-hmm. you know? And then exactly. maybe another, and then maybe another, you know, it's, it's like what she says, you know, and then until the chances are spent, you know, right. you just, you can't, you have to just keep taking that one more until, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it's, it's so yeah. <laughs> yeah, she, they're all amazing. And what I love about Rogue One kind of in general is like you were saying, just, um, yeah, how they keep pushing through and how not one of them gives up. They all do exactly mm-hmm. what they need to do. And right. it's, and it's the fact it, that it's all just barely enough. Right, that's, right. that's what's so like You're just like scraping um, by yeah like they yeah. they bleed and they give everything and it is just mm-hmm. barely enough to get those plans through that door mm. you know with vader coming like if they were a second behind it wouldn't have made it through oh right you yeah. know they yeah. just they yeah oh, that's the, amazing yeah. to me the yeah. this the scene in and obviously this 
obviously not directly on Jin, but that moment in Rogue One during the Master mm-hmm. Switch when the Death Troopers show up and you've got the the troopers retreating to that bunker door and the one guy gets shot down and Melshi, I want a six inch black face, Melshi so bad. Uh, Melshi <laughs> goes out to the guy to try to help him and then he gets shot too. And the way that the, mm-hmm. you know, the master switch music is playing and it's just like, Oh my God, they've literally given everything and they're still just mm-hmm. getting hammered back. Like it, yeah, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's so gut wrenching. Um, yes. Yep. Yeah, you but, don't want to see me watch Rogue One. It's not. <laughs> Actually, you know what, Jim? It's a little overwhelming. I think I, I think I might want to experience that. I feel like that. I want to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Jim, we'll do a we'll do a Rogue One and Last Jedi double feature. You know, so you'll just lose it during Rogue One, right. and I'll lose it during Last Jedi. It's just uh just yeah. ugly, mm. disgusting cry. Yeah, I need a box of tissues, and I'm going through the whole thing. Oh, oh my gosh, man. I remember when I was seeing The Last Jedi, I was coming to the movie theater with my purse just stuffed with those little packets of, of tissues, you know? I would come in with like mm-hmm. three or four of those little packs just like crammed in my purse. <laughs> See, with Rogue One, like I definitely had those like really emotional moments, mm-hmm. especially towards the end, but now it's like the more and more I watch it, it's almost like it becomes more and more overwhelming emotional because oh, like yeah. you understand those characters so much more and you just keep going deeper and deeper. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, okay, I need I need to like pump the brakes on trying to <laughs> analyze everything about Jin so I can still watch this movie. <laughs> uh, hashtag relatable. Hashtag relatable. Hashtag relatable. <laughs> so, um, no, it, it, that's a, a a great way to, to to kick off this discussion, and and mm-hmm. in order to keep like moving through, um, and I obviously want to come back to more of your. Um, relatable moments with Jin, but let's go into an unknown region hashtag either Katie or Jason. Um, cause we all know I'm going to talk about Han. Um, so, <laughs> uh, you know, so I'm really curious about the two of you. So I'm I, very curious too. Yeah. What you guys have up your sleeves? Yeah. I'm, <laughs> arms. Go um, sorry, I've got arms up my sleeves. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm looking, I'm, I'm looking at you, Jason. Yeah, take it, Jason. Oh, okay. All right. So this is this is a weird thing because I feel like I'm in a very transitional place. Please don't and say so, that. You know, I, I mean, I'm in a very transitional place in my own life, and so who I'm relating to is very different than who I used to relate to. And of course, I've told the stories of how I, I related to Jar Jar early on during the prequels, but I don't necessarily relate to him in my current place anymore. I, just, I don't. Sure. Um, and I don't have a specific character like Carl with Han or like Jim with Jin who like completely re- embodies what I'm feeling and relating to. Um, but at the moment, I feel very much like Luke Skywalker uh, but in a specific point, uh, after he got introduced to the, the notion of the Force and the Jedi by Obi-Wan, mm-hmm. but before he meets Yoda. So he finally figures out what he wants to be doing, and he knows what he, sh- he wants to be reaching for, but he doesn't know how to get it, mm-hmm. how to achieve that ultimate thing of becoming a, you know, learning the ways of the Force and becoming a Jedi like his father. He wants 
to be there. He wants to do that. He wants to uh, live up to the name that his father uh, left behind, in a sense. But there's still, you know, getting from A to B is a problem because he has no one to help him out. Um, he still manages to find a way to, you know, to do some of it because obviously his skills have improved. By the time we, you know, see him in the Wampas lair. Hey, <laughs> hey, hashtag relatable. <laughs> yes, you know, and and all that stuff. But he still is a little rudderless. Hmm. And I feel very much, you know, in in my stage right now, I I feel a bit like that because obviously I know what I want to do. I want to be an actor. I want to do the voice acting thing. That this is this is definitely what I feel like I'm I'm gifted for and called to do in a way. Uh, but it's, and I finished college. I know I need to get to a place, you know, to LA or something like that eventually in order to achieve this. But the, the process of getting from here to there is unknown. Yeah. <laughs> yes, a little, yeah. a little unknown. And I'm sort of like feeling my way, feeling my way through the dark is mm-hmm. what it feels like sometimes. And so, at this particular point in time, that idea of, of, of Luke sort of trying to figure this out on his own. And I guess to an extent now, um, where Ray is at at this point in time, mm-hmm. post Last mm-hmm. Jedi, you know, uh, might, might apply, but I don't know how that, you know, transpires in episode <laughs> nine yet. So um, I don't have that secret insight into what episode 9 actually is going to be all about. I wish I did. That would be awesome. But, <laughs> I didn't. Um, but, but yeah, so I, I feel like that's kind of where I'm at. So there's this really sort of transitional point in I know what the ultimate goal is, but the process of achieving that ultimate goal is you know, a bit hazy. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm, I'm looking for my Yoda. <laughs> to help me achieve You'll that. go to the Dagobah system. I don't want to go to Dagobah. Yeah, right? Jason, you want to go to Dagobah. Dagobah's uh, disgusting, and yeah, swampy, it's... gross. Can you yeah. live on, like, you know, a mountaintop somewhere? I'm yeah. okay with Dagobah. Right? You know. So I think we're pretty yeah. even now. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I'm not going to go to the Everglades to find Yoda. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. <laughs> But yeah, that, that's kind of where I'm at right now, and I, I, it's not something that you know. Like I said, I don't have a, a, a specific character that I just completely identify with all the way through at this point. You know, it, yeah. And so it's these moments, and so I don't have as like much a frame of, a, of mind. Exactly, I don't have yeah. like a, as much of a, of a deep, deeply seated connection mm-hmm. as Carl or Jim. You you guys do uh, with your characters, and Carl, you don't even have to say anything yet. I do this episode for me to know that because of <laughs> everything you've been messaging us the last three months. Sorry. Um. <laughs> Thanks for bearing with me. But but Jason, could I yeah. can I warrant a quick guess about what you might be looking for or what you're not looking for? Mm, possibly. Find your friend? <laughs> I'm not looking for a friend. I'm looking for a Jedi Master. Oh, nuts butts. <laughs> well, if my, if my Jedi Master becomes a friend, I think I'd be okay with that. Like Obi-Wan, yeah. <laughs> Obi-Wan and Anakin, yeah. Right. Oh. So, so, yeah, that's kind, of, that's kind of where I'm at right now. You know, it's like, 
Yeah. I feel like Luke Skywalker. Floating in space. Yeah. <laughs> One thing that kind of kind of sticks out to me about Luke's story, like between New Hope and Empire, kind of like what you're saying is like, yeah, he's kind of going through uncharted territory, but he's also like taking a leap of faith to a yeah. certain extent. Yes. Because mm-hmm. like he's only known about the Force for like a like what a few days with with Obi Wan before he's gone, and he's like, okay, I guess I'm going to stick with this. And he really is taking a huge leap of faith. Like, okay, is this really the right thing that I need to be doing? Is this what I'm meant to do? But I like that he does take that leap of faith and he does have that belief in himself because that's how he does get from point A to point B. Mm. Well, what I think is cool, though, is that they've taken the comics and and used those as an opportunity to show that that the answers don't come easily to Luke. You know, I mean, yes, in Empire, Obi-Wan just kind of shows up and tells him where to go next. But in the comics between New Hope and Empire, Luke is looking a lot of different places and, you know, looking to different things, trying to figure this out. And he fails a lot. Um, I don't know if, if any of you guys read Vader down. No, uh, yeah. I, I read it w- once a couple of years ago. I yeah. Again. And Luke finds that temple and it gives him that Jedi temple and it like gives him no answers like at all. <laughs> and it's just like womp womp, you know, it's like, that's, that, that's crushing, you yeah. know, but he, mm-hmm. he keeps going and he keeps looking. So I think, I think that, is really nice if that if that's where you're at like jason you know just what's important you know if you're like following luke's journeys yeah it's to try those different things and then if something fails then you know you just keep going until something does click you know which it which it does for luke when he's on hoth so yeah yeah yeah. definitely definitely Mm -hmm. yeah no that's great that's awesome Mm -hmm. Um, all right so shall we travel back into the known regions yeah. I, I think so, and we'll finish up in the unknown. Yeah, that sounds that's, like a plan. That's fair. Just, just call me Sio Bibble. Um, <laughs> All right, Sio Bibble, tell us who you're talking about. <laughs> oh my goodness! Obviously, my boy Alden Han Solo, um, <laughs> who's who is now officially my favorite version of Han Solo. I don't care. I said it. I'm gonna own it. Yeah, he's a really um, good. Wow. And it's and it's nothing yeah. against. Yeah, and it's it's nothing against Harrison Ford. He's he gave us that character. Now he's the foundation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and um and to be fair, right? Without that, you would have no Alden. So that's right. that's to be fair, right? Yeah. Like in the same way that I have finally yielded the argument out here in Boston that indeed Tom Brady very well may be the greatest quarterback of all time, not Joe Montana, <laughs> but Joe Montana set the foundation. Um. All right, football talk aside. Um, yeah. but, uh, you're all like, whatever, you're like, uh, okay. <laughs> um, but, you know, um, yeah, I just, I've, it, I had such a strong identification with Han specifically through the movie Solo. And um, again, I, I can't say this enough about, because I love to like, I definitely like to humble myself to say like, yeah, I know for, for months I was calling out before the movie came out. Like, I don't care about this movie. I don't want this movie. And then like, I have been proven so wrong, which at the end of the day is kind of a, to me, one of the kind of major themes of solo that I particularly connect to is being surprised by the unexpected. Mm -hmm. Um, That was literally my experience of the movie from like a, like, you know, outside of it itself, just as a viewer. Meta. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like so surprised by how much I loved it and how good it was and how much it was the movie that I needed, both mm. personally and in my Star Wars fandom. 
Um, but I think that's even a general, like that's one of the main themes of the movie is, is, is the way that Han connects to Chewie. Chewie is something extremely unexpected in Han's journey that is going to define him in such a powerfully beautiful way. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I have, I, I, I'm worried that I have probably way too much to say because I took really extensive notes. <laughs> um, so let me at least just start with what kind of brought me in, what the, the entryway into my connection to, this, the, to his story specifically is the love story between he and Kira. Um, and uh, I think I've shared this on the show and, and, and you know, shortly after the movie came out, but um, – you know, in December of 2017, when Last Jedi came out, um, I was getting, I was just, I was just let go. If you, I got my pink slip from a relationship that I thought that was going to be like my everything relationship, and it kind of came crashing to an end. And Last Jedi came out like a week later, and I really needed oh. Last Jedi to be the Star Wars movie that I needed, and it wasn't. <laughs> um, and because to me, one yeah. of the major themes of that movie is disappointment, which yeah. now I'm actually really retrospectively respecting. Um, and like. I like the relationships are like all splintered at yes. the end of that movie. Oh. Yeah, yeah so, to be fair, uh, that's when I was like really, really starting to struggle with my health. So I, I, I see what you're going yeah, through. It's yeah. like right when Last Jedi came out, unfortunately. Right. And you know, I mean, I, I'm sure for a lot of people who are like, it's just a movie. Well, screw that. Star no, Wars isn't just no, movies to me. So like, again, this I, Last Jedi, I, I really come to love that movie in the months since it's been out. Um, uh, the year since it's been out and, 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 yeah. and talking with, with folks like Katie and my friend Greg, who, who just bleed for this movie. Um, yeah. I, I love learning from, from folks like that. Um, but solo, it came out, you know, a few months after I, I lost somebody that meant the world to me. And then I saw this story about someone who loses what uh, another person who meant the world to him. And like, I just immediately identified with that story of, you know, just really foolishly being in love with somebody just so head over heels for them that, um, and like, uh, you know, that moment of them in the speeder and they're fleeing from Corellia and Hans says, you know, I'm going to be a pilot. And she's like, you know, we're going to get our own ship and see the galaxy, all of it. Right. Like (laughs) it's similar to that balcony scene in revenge of the Sith. Honestly, the reason I fell in love with that scene from revenge of the Sith was because of my last girlfriend is, um, one night we were sitting on my front porch, just looking up at the stars. And I just was like talking all about what I wanted to be in my life. And she shared what she wanted to be in her life. And I'm like, Oh, I feel like I'm on a balcony on Coruscant. (laughs) Um, and, and, but like that moment in solo too, though, where you've got these two young people who, who just you know are, are flying into the light and, and and dreaming out loud and it's like oh, I, I know what it's like to have a person like that and then as the movie progresses you know they they, they have this uh, this horrible separation and we did we had this like long break period there for a while where um you know we weren't together and but but i was told like oh don't worry i'm going to be back and we're going to be okay and then when we finally got back, you know, physically got back together, it was this conversation of, nope, I've moved on. And like, I feel like that's what happens when Han meets up with Kira on Dryden's yacht. Like it's three years later, Han is ecstatic, you know, and, and Kira's first line is, it's in the past, Han, not for me. Like, I, and like he's so impulsive in the way. Yeah, and like, that's yeah. me. I am that kind of like naive fool. Um, you know, you're a fool. The, the, Carl, you're a fool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was their new hope punch to the face. Yes. <laughs> Wait, is that the 10 4? 
Um, uh, no. <laughs> um, but no, like I, 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 like that moment, I just like identified so hard. Like I, I get it. Like, you know, um, Han is the immature character in a way in that relationship. And, and I can own that. Like I was kind of the immature person too. Like when we got back together, it was like, you know what? No, I'm, I'm, I'm not there anymore. I've moved on. And, and just that reality of understanding that, um, and Han, I don't think ever understands it in the movie in the same way that I didn't understand it for months either, is the reality that sometimes people grow beyond you and will be fulfilled beyond you. And that's hard. Like, that's hard to yeah. admit, you know, and it's not in, in not in that comp, not not to try to sound egotistical and in, in, in the complex of like, what do you mean? I'm not enough because it's 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 not that. But the reality of it's not about you not being enough. It's just the reality that this person has found another way to live their fullest life. And it's better for them. It's not it's no harm, no foul, but they've moved on into something different that is divorced of you. Um, and that's the point Kira kind of continually makes to Han throughout the film, right? She's she. I wouldn't say she really leads him on. I mean, um, I think she's very patient and compassionate towards him and trying her best to, to reveal that truth. And Han struggles, right? He's kind of the headstrong fool, which I get who's really struggling to understand that. Um, and, and that was my entry point into the film is like, and and that's like that, that last kiss where the piano's playing their love Mm -hmm. theme. I was bawling. For I, mean, I saw that movie. Yeah. Oh, by the way, today was my 40th viewing of that movie, which I'm proud to say. Oh wow! I know. Get wow. a life, Carl. Um, <laughs> no, I love your life, Carl. I love it. Um, but like, but even still, Katie, watch- Katie and I know whenever Carl yes. is watching solo. Yeah. Oh yeah, we, we know. Get, we get spammed. I just hear my phone. I hear my phone. Uh, Carl's watching. Carl's watching solo. But, I love you, you both for much, listening. You know. <laughs> Um, it cracks me up, but both, we <laughs> yeah. all know whenever Carl's watching. <laughs> but um, but it's just in that moment, like it, it just it breaks my heart. Um, uh, for Han, and, and and to be fair, like it's also heartbreaking for Kira. Like I don't want to diminish yeah. that, but but I'm just I'm just yeah. sticking to the point of like Han is the one I connect with, so I'm not trying to push Kira aside because she's dealing with just as much crap as Han is. Um, but for me, it's it's. I identify with Han with being that kind of that brash, naive person who just struggles to understand that they've moved beyond you. Um, and that's okay. It's, but it's really hard. Um, and that was my entry point into that film. Um, and I think, I mean, to be fair, like Han Solo's character, he's supposed to be 19 in this movie, um, 19 or 20. So like, he's a lot younger. Um, and I think when Kira does fly off at the end of the film, I think Han is standing there feeling betrayed. I don't think he's, Mm quite okay with it and i think and like right like we yeah. heard all the way building up that this is the movie that makes han solo and that's yeah. really true like he loses everyone he loves in this movie so he becomes kind of this uh self-imposed egocentric cocky person to, to keep feelings at bay because yeah. he doesn't want to get hurt like that again now i've yeah, never Oh, go ahead. I, sorry, I feel like sarcasm is like his main coping mechanism. Right. Yeah. Really yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. That's like his shield. Right. So you but, know. Anyway, go on. No. Like, so. What do you think? I love you like some sort of idiot. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I like to think because I am more of an adult, and and hopefully, um, 
<laughs> I, I'm able, be, but because of this movie, it honestly really helped me process that loss better. Because because of what I learned from watching the character of Kira, I learned what it means for somebody to have found another way of living. Um, and it helped me really process that loss. And while I, I identify with Han, I also, because of Kira, understood kind of what happened in my own life. And I was like, yeah, this is okay. Um, and, and, and the biggest thing, and I'll probably talk about this a little bit later in more depth, but the biggest thing also is, is the other big, you know, my eyes start gushing tears is when Han is standing there looking up as that ship flies away. And I just still love it because I love that it's out of the corner of the camera. That big Wookiee pod just comes and lands on his shoulder because that was also my experience for the, for the several months after, of, after that loss is how much my friends without knowing it. Um, but they were my, that Wookiee paw that landed on my shoulder and stuck with me. Um, <laughs> and you know, like, um, yeah. So that, that, that was really my big entry point into how I found this character relatable. Yeah. Wow. All right. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I need real. to jump on the podcast and go watch Solo again real quick. <laughs> I know. It's so, such can you guys movie. just put this on pause for two hours? Solo and Rogue One. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Solo, a Rogue One Star Wars story. What? 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 All right. Well, um, I suppose we should tread back into the unknown regions. Katie? Oh, uh. I mean, I can't, I can't even believe that it is Unknown Regions because you guys know me. I, I can't get through a day without talking about Lady Proxima. I just. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I get it. I can't jinx it with that one. I'm so proud of myself. Oh, my gosh. I definitely, I, I have felt indentured to you ever since you've become part of the podcast. So, <laughs> yeah. And Jason, uh, Jay, no, whenever, I'm when, <laughs> whenever Jason's like, I've got this great idea, uh, Lady Horn will give me an extra portion for this. And I just grab it from him and message the yeah. idea to you. And I'm like, she's going to give that extra portion to me. Oh, <laughs> my God. It belongs to whoever's holding it. And that's not you. <laughs> I just, I like rise up out of the. <laughs> <laughs> just festooned in jewels. And the money. And the money. <laughs> Oh, Katie, oh, Katie, you buried though. that so well. You did Thank it so you. deadpan. You, that's, <laughs> that's why you got me. Congratulations. Uh, it is for reals, though. The fact that that uh, before we started this podcast, and you were guys were like, "Oh yeah, I have no idea who Katie picked." That tells me that I really have changed. <laughs> like I really have changed. Uh, I, I've I've Wait, put is a it really lot of Lady work Proxima? into myself these last like five years. What were you gonna say? Is what? it really Lady Proxima? No. Oh, sure. Ooh, okay. it's, it's, <laughs> for a second there, I thought. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I mean, no judgment. No, no, what? I'm being serious now. I'm being like, I'm not trying to like. Okay. Crack a joke. Okay. But no, for serious, the character I have always related to the most in Star Wars is Darth Maul. I look at him and I see me. I see, I see very much what I could have been because um, uh, when when I was younger and when the when Phantom Menace first came out, I was very angry, very angry all the time because, um, I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to, you know, assume anything about, about your guys' lives. Um, but I was in a situation where I was being hurt by the people who were supposed to love me and take care of me. 
you know. So then yeah. when we find out that that's Darth Maul's backstory, I was like, oh, mm. oh, that's why, you know, he, he looks the way I feel all the time. Mm. And then uh, that only compounded on itself when they gave him a brother. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, I, I have a little sister. And the way that Maul, like, immediately, like, you know, smacks Savage down and puts him in his place and is just all like, no, you listen to me. I'm like, oh no, that's how I treat my little sister all the time. Because that's how, you know, parents in those situations, they will very often put the siblings against each mm-hmm. other and make the siblings hate each other, you know? And, and it wasn't until we became adults that my sister and I were really able to become friends and I was able to, to recognize that behavior and change it. Um, and so for me, um, when what you have to understand, I think, again, I, I don't want to assume uh, things about your guys's life. Uh, and this can come if you're in a situation with, you know, uh, parents or guardians who are hurtful to you or in romantic relationships where your partner is hurtful to you. But when someone does hurt you like that, they sincerely make you feel like you believe it. Mm. it not believe it. You deserve it. Mm-hmm. You know, you are being hurt like this because you're evil, because you are wicked and cruel and selfish. And so you deserve to be treated this way. And so me as a child, <laughs> when I looked at Darth Maul, I was like, well, he didn't deserve any of that. And if he doesn't deserve it, neither do I. But before I reached that place, before I had that realization, I, I really did feel like I deserved it. And, and so, and, and I was wicked and evil. And so when I looked at heroes, when I looked at Luke Skywalker, I didn't see myself. I related to him when he got so angry at Vader and so needed to defend Leia that he just laid into Vader. That was relatable. But the the fact that he was struggling against those feelings wasn't relatable to me because I was giving into them all the time, mm. you know, all the time. So, so for me, it wasn't about, you know, oh, I'm, I'm light and I'm struggling against the dark. For me, it was like, I'm dark and I need the courage to, to be good and compassionate. I need the courage to you know, forgive myself and see myself as a good person. Um, and, and the courage to, uh, to, to open up and, and, uh, and, and talk about what I was going through, which, you know, when, when you think you deserve it, when you think that you're evil, you, that all those walls go up and you don't want anybody to see, you don't want anybody to know. And I actually, like, I dug up one of my Darth Maul books. There's so many Darth Maul novels, you guys, <laughs> where people are like, what has Darth Maul ever done? I'm like, oh, so many books. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, so this is really great. This is uh, The Wrath of Darth Maul. I've pulled up a little quote here for you guys. Um, and, it, and it is about his, uh, his childhood through adolescence. And um, he, he meets a girl, Kalindi, who he really likes because uh, she was a slave and she killed the slavers who owned her. She killed their whole family. And Maul's all like, I want to be you. You're amazing. Love at first sight. <laughs> Basically, yes. <laughs> He's like, Whoa. And um, so, so yeah, she, she's telling him about, about her life, and uh, she says, I was a slave, but that's all behind me now. My owners are dead. Without thinking, Maul blurted out, you killed them? Glindy lowered her head as she faced Maul again. Yes, they were a large family. I killed them all. Maul thought, good. So now that you know about me, what about you? Where are you from? Maul looked down and watched the water ripple over his fingertips. I can't say. Glindy tilted her head curiously. Because you can't say or because you won't? Both, Maul said. We can't talk about me. That That's freaking real. That's how that felt. And so when I read that, I was like, oh, yeah, because that's how it feels all the time. When even though somebody else opens up and tells you a relatable experience, you're still like, 
I can't talk about me. You just, you can't. Yeah. So, so yeah, Maul is so relatable. Hashtag relatable. And, and yeah, when I, when I look at him, I, I go, oh, honey, I've been there. Oh, I get it. Oh, I get it. <laughs> where this, where all of that anger and rage and all that comes from. I'm like, oh, I get it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So so what's yeah. that what's it like seeing him now in like Rebels and Clone Wars now that you've kind of like oh. obviously grown beyond that and become this phenomenal person? Oh, thank you. <laughs> like what's yeah. it, what's it like <laughs> watching him like not taking it's, those steps that, that you, like a normal hero would take? I mean, it is it, it's so relatable because I get it how how every step is so hard and being vulnerable is is the hardest thing. <laughs> um it, but it, but it's also incredibly healing to to watch him because Darth Maul has died before, right? And mm. yet he was able to keep going. That hatred and rage let him keep going. And in mm. a way, I found that so inspirational. I'm like, oh, they're just going to keep cutting you down, and you're just going to keep on going. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that he is able to let go because he will avenge us. Someone who shares his pain mm. is going to avenge him. That's very beautiful. I think there's a deliberate parallel between Maul and the Skywalkers. And you're going to be like, Katie, what are you talking about? You're No. But there really is where, you know, what's uh, uh, Luke asks Obi-Wan, like, why would you hide, you know, why would you hide us? Why did you hide my sister? What's all this about? And Obi-Wan says, well, because we knew that if Anakin would have any children, the Emperor would want them. We now know exactly what that would have looked like, what Luke would have looked like mm. if he'd been raised by Sidious. You know, it's, it's, it's mall. It's no good. And so for, you know, somebody, uh, the, the chosen one, be that Anakin or be that Luke, whoever you want to believe the chosen one is for mall to believe that, Whoa, this is going to be absolved. This is all going to be okay one day. And he, that's what is able to let him just finally let go. I'm just kind of like, Oh, that's nice. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, that's yo. I mean, that's so big with Maul too, right? Like his, mm-hmm. we are all a product of where we kind of came from, right? Like mm-hmm. those those formative years that form us. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> couldn't think of a better way to phrase it. But right, like whatever you were, whatever you were taught in that period, it can take a lifetime to overcome mm-hmm. that if it's incorrect, right? Yeah. And yeah. um, and 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 I don't. Mean to rudely like shift this back onto to my character, but um, no, go for it. Yeah, but, yeah. But like that—that's another part of the the solo story that I really mm-hmm. resonate with as well. Is while we don't get any tremendous detail, we learn at least that Han's family sucks. <laughs> um, yeah, and well, yeah. When he goes, the next person who hits me get hit gets hit yep. back. I'm that, like, right. oh, that's so. Yes. Oh, Han. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and like when I was younger, I. You know, I mean, I, I don't want to like go into tremendous details either, but I got my, yeah, yeah. Um, life wasn't the best. <laughs> yeah. And you know, one of the main reasons I, I finally decided to start working out when I was in high school was because I was sick of getting smacked around. Mm-hmm. And I, and it, oh. when Han says that line, next time somebody hits me, I hit him back. That was literally like the mantra. Every time I went to the gym, when I first started yeah. lifting weights was like, next time someone belittles me, I'm going to, I'm going to knock them down. And you know, and like, first off, I just want to say like, like, I'm like, that sucks. <laughs> like that was something you, you dealt with Katie was like the fact that you, yeah. 
were fostered by this place where you had to hold on to that anger and like, it just sucks. And, and, and I mean, I know for me, like that's part of where I, again, I identified with Han is, um, it's a throwaway line of, you know, like, Oh, you close with your old man? Not really. You know, um, Lando (laughs) mentions his mother. Well, Lando was lucky enough to apparently at least have a good mom. Han doesn't, mm-hmm. I, I feel like Han's mother probably died before he knew her and his father was a piece of crap who beat him and yeah. was a, a, a layabout low life. And that's why Han took off. Um, so, you know, people that grow up in those like abusive atmospheres, whether it's, you know, at home or in a romantic relationship or with friendships, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. If that's all you know. It's hard to climb out of that. And I think Maul is an example of someone who's not capable of climbing out of it. And I think God, like... He gets for, so close, though. He gets so close. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and like, I feel like for you, though, Katie, it's like you... There's a compassion there because you get it. And mm-hmm. even even Obi-Wan holds him in his dying breaths with the mm-hmm. sense of compassion. And I think that compassion is fueled by the sense for Obi-Wan of like this sorrow that Maul wasn't able to let go of that hatred. It's not a judgment of like, how dare you be so despicable and never know better. Obi-Wan had the luxury of being raised by people that cared. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Well, like, like, riddle me this, Carl, if he wasn't able to rise above it or let go, then why did he finally die? Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like he did. That was, that was Mm. him like letting Sure. Because he knows that, you know, he at least has this hope now that there's a chosen one and that whether Sidious likes it or not, the force is going to be balanced. And Maul is just like, oh, okay, I'm all right. (laughs) You know, you just just let it go. (laughs) Because, you know, he he's so angry all the time. The anger is literally the only thing keeping him going. You know what I mean? Obi-Wan can hack at him with a lightsaber all dang day. That's not going to do nothing if Maul doesn't like let it go, and he finally does, which I thought was really nice. Yeah, uh, I'm going to pull out another Maul quote. This is from- do it. <laughs> go for it. Another book. Do it. Okay, this is from uh, Darth Maul Lockdown. Another great book. They're all great Maul books. Uh, so throughout this whole thing, um, so Darth Maul's been infiltrating this prison uh, on, a, on a secret mission for his master. And uh, there's been this kid in this prison uh, helping him out. And the kid gets shot down. <laughs> this kid's name's Aogun. A- and uh, so here we go. The kid gets shot down. And uh, uh, Maul looked down at Aogun's body one last time. In the end, he felt no obligation to the boy himself. Compassion and pity were as alien to him as they had ever been. Yet Aogun had stood with him in the end, and something about his death needed to be set right. He brought the lightsaber closer to Raddick's throat. This match is not over. Like, oh, that's so good. Because for me, that's like uh, what I was talking about, finding that strength to like give in to the light, because it's like Maul knows there's something in there inside of him that's you know different than what he's been taught you know he something in the death of this boy isn't right and he needs to avenge it you know not not revenge Mm. justice the difference between vengeance and justice you know and and he can feel it and i love it (laughs) just like maul you there's more (laughs) there's more in you so that's really maul's like end goal i remember Mm -hmm. like a month ago on one of your episodes that you were saying 
most people would say his goal is to kill Obi-Wan Kenobi. And, like, I knew that's the wrong answer, but I didn't know exactly what was the right answer, because I I don't have, like, that emotional connection to Maul the way you do. I mean, Mm -hmm. I I love that character. But is that really what his end goal is, is to, like, letting go of that hatred, even though he's not going to be, like, redeemed, like, per se, like, in the way Vader was? Is it more so, like, okay, I'm giving myself over to this and letting this go. Yeah. Well, that's, it's, that's what he needs versus what he wants. What he wants is to kill Sidious himself. It's not good enough if someone else does it. That's, it doesn't count. <laughs> he wants to kill Sidious himself and he wants to take everything that Sidious has and claim it for himself. Like if he killed Sidious, he wouldn't be like, okay, empire over Republic now. <laughs> Like, you know, that wouldn't be, it's not Maul's game. It would be kill Sidious, become the emperor himself. Now I have everything and no one can hurt me ever again because (laughs) I'm the one on top. Like that, that's the, that's the Sith way, right? The rule of two, you got to kill your master and take everything (laughs) he has. Uh, But what he needs is to let it go. And he find he does, I feel, get there where he can let it go. What he needs is to be able to mm-hmm. allow Sidious to not control him anymore. Yes, yes. Uh, so, and yeah. which he finally is able to do at the very end. It, mm-hmm. But it takes him up until that duel with Obi Wan before yeah. he even gets to the point, because he really is just everything that he knows, everything that he does is mm-hmm. because of Sidious whether it's because Sidious ingrained it in him to do it that way or because he's trying to get back at Sidious for what Sidious did to him. Everything Mm -hmm. revolves, everything in Maul revolves around Sidious in some way. Yeah, like, oh my gosh, in the Clone Wars, when, you know, he's taken over Mandalore, he sits on the throne like he was born to it. (laughs) He's just, like, completely recumbent on that throne. And then Sidious walks in the room and he's like, oh... Oh, and immediate, immediately, immediately. Yeah. Uh, that's how. That's how that. Yeah. That's how that feels, though. Anybody who has been in a in a relationship where the other party wants to hurt you, that's they control you. That's how that feels. Like you think you have it all figured out, and then they walk into the room and they just lay waste to everything. That's yeah. Hashtag relatable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's that point. I, just. Um, mm-hmm. It brings me to another hashtag relatable point with, with Mr. Solo. Um, mm-hmm. And we actually kind of talked about this quick on, on, on chat tonight um, before the show. The fact that this was your point, Katie, um, that Han, you know, kills Beckett at the end is, is, is mm-hmm. important because it, it, he now has become the character who shoots first. But I think yeah. in a similar vein of what you were just saying with Maul, right? Like Maul's end game is to kill Sidious become emperor so that no one else can hurt him again. Yeah. I think the reason Han ultimately kills Beckett, um, I think it's partly because he feels betrayed by Beckett for sure. Mm. But more yeah. than that is I'm going to, I'm going to eradicate. So he knows Dryden's dead. So yeah. he doesn't have that over his shoulder and now he's going to get rid of Beckett too. So any other, the very, okay. The opening line in solo which you mm-hmm. just hear shouted is don't let him get away is Hans flying the speeder away. That's been Hans entire upbringing, right? Is mm-hmm. always running away from people who are trying to hurt him. 
Um, at the end of this film, he eradicates the people who could hurt him, right? Dryden was a threat. Well, Kira took him out. Well, Beckett could be a threat. I'm going to take him out, even if it's tough to do. Um, and I, it, 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 this isn't a super relatable part for me, but I just thought that was like a neat connection to what you were saying with Maul is I think Han's aim at the end of that movie is to eliminate his threats so that he can be free. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, interesting yeah. point. But I, and I feel like yeah. Go oh, ahead. I was gonna bring it back to Jin with you know because yes. she also had those like incredible circumstances and you know and then saw it didn't necessarily do right by her you know you dumped me like right. you know and uh, and but but then she's able to to remember who she was you know and she also forgives her father. Right. When when she yeah when she realizes you know that that everything he did he did out of love for her and and he and he hid the plans with her name you know Stardust yeah. like that's yeah she's able to really to rise above it which makes Jin very beautiful to me <laughs> very to beautiful. Me the- to me, that's like her her biggest motivation because, mm-hmm. like, a lot of people look at that scene in the uh, the Imperial cargo ship when they're coming back from Edo and she's arguing with Cassian and they're both making good points and nobody's really winning the argument. And then she goes from being in that like Rebel Council and she's giving this amazing speech and some people are like, "Wait, she's like all in with a rebellion." And I'm like, in my opinion, I don't feel like there's ever a point in that movie where she's like. I'm one with the rebellion. I love the rebellion. I think for her, it's more like I've been wrong about my father my whole life. I want to redeem him. Mm-hmm. I want to redeem myself for not living up to who I could have been for my entire life. And for once, I want to do the right thing. And that's to prevent another disaster like Jeddah happening. Mm-hmm. Like to me, that is what Jin is by the end of the movie. It's not like, okay, I'm going to side with Mon Mothma or Admiratus or Bail Organa. It's, okay, I know what the right thing to do is, and I don't necessarily really like these people, but I'm going to do it anyway. Mm. So yeah. I don't know how that relates to Samal, but I'm sorry. <laughs> no, we don't have to relate <laughs> no, it to Maul. We don't have to relate it to Maul, yeah. Well, <laughs> it's fine. It's, no, oh, go ahead, Jason. It's just very interesting because, you know, I, I, I had a very, you know, simple childhood. You know, and it's like you, you. Nothing wrong with that. No, it's like a, you know, I I, 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 I honestly, Luke Skywalker in many respects is me. You know, mm-hmm. um, in general, just mm. goody two shoes, farm boy, boy scout. You know, grew up in a loving household, maybe a little strict at times, but whose parents aren't sometimes. You know, you know, I mean, I. But you know, it's. I was loved, I was supported, and now I'm trying to get out on my own. And it's like, you know, I, I still have my parents and everything that are doing yeah. their best to support me but mm. um, and encourage me. But it is one of those things where, you know, I, I, I find as I'm getting older, the Luke Skywalker journey definitely mirrors mine and i'm hoping i get to the end that he does in return of the jedi um without going off the other side like he does in the last jedi (laughs) so (laughs) but um but yeah so it's very all all this stuff is very interesting to to hear and talk about it and katie i'm really you know it, it sucks that you had to go through all that and and 
that you identify with Maul so much because of what you went through. But I can honestly say who you are right now looks nothing like Darth Maul. Oh, good, yeah. So... <laughs> I do try. It's a, it's it's a work in progress. Like like I don't know if anybody listening, you're just like oh, the journey. It's so hard, and the journey is. I'm just like one more step. Just take one more, and then maybe you can do another after that. Just keep going. Just one more step, you guys. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. You no. you honestly keep us in stitches the entire time. <laughs> oh, that's recording. so good. So I mean, <laughs> the the joy and the energy that you exude. It's good stuff. So you you are you are definitely oh thanks. Uh, you you have you have grown beyond who Maul was, um, and and are definitely you guys, making. You guys don't think Darth Maul could be funny? I think he could <laughs> if he wanted. To. <laughs> I, I I think he had a sense of humor burned out of him by <laughs> repeated electric electric electricity. Yeah, blasts, that probably. So. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he did have that one line is. Like all you can tell me is that I can find Java. Yes. Java. Java. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, did, he did have that. That's good. Uh. Um, I feel though. I feel Vader has a bit, a few better one-liners though, as a Sith apprentice. You know, <laughs> careful not to choke on your aspirations. Love it. Love it. <laughs> Apology accepted, Captain Nida. <laughs> um. Well, cycling back to Jin, Jim, Jim, Jin, <laughs> um, <laughs> Jim, uh, you know, Jenny, Jim, Jim. what is it about it in in her journey there in that movie that that speaks to you? I think I've kind of outlined it a little bit. It, it really <laughs> boils down to her hope and her mental and physical perseverance, and how she like she's constantly getting beat down. She's constantly being abandoned by everybody. If, if you really look at it, like, sure, she, like, sides with the rebellion in the beginning because she's like, okay, this is how I'm going to get my free life. And then she sees Saw again, and, like, he's not even accepting her. And then she gets reunited with her father, and then that ends pretty abruptly. And then she goes back to the rebels, and she's like, I did everything you asked me to, and now I'm trying to help you. And they're like, no, no, we're not. We don't believe in you. Sorry. Yeah. Like she believes in the cause, but the cause doesn't believe in her. Oh. But <laughs> I know. Jen. <laughs> Jen. <laughs> but she keeps going. And mm. and that's that's what I like the most about her is that she keeps pushing. That that mental toughness is mm. something that really speaks to me. Yeah. So. Yeah. And like that one line, the time to fight is now. Like the way that Felicity Jones delivers that, it just oh. hits me so hard because there's just like so much conviction and determination and hope in that one line. I remember watching uh, the World Between Worlds episode for mm. Rebels. Like I think that was maybe about a year ago. And I remember hearing Jen saying the time to fight is now. And mm. I, that just broke me <laughs> because oh. of how, how important that line just became to me. Um, so yeah, it really just boils down to like her hope and that that mental and physical perseverance where she just does not give up. Like nothing is going to stop her. Yeah, yeah, and and that's such a powerful moment too, right? Like I, I I love it too, Jim. The way she just says, "The time to fight is now," and then immediately, um, Bodie, Bodie, like, yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, right. Like her her 
Her it's and, a very meta moment because we're all going, yes! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, the, right, but her enthusiasm is indeed infectious. And while mm-hmm. it can't shake through the fear of some of these cowardly leaders, um, it affects enough to make a difference, right? Like she, she's, right. she clearly shook <laughs> Bodhi Rook. <laughs> I'm so proud of that. Um, <laughs> you got, you got the cackle out of me and the eye roll out of Jason. I love it. <laughs> oh, hashtag relatable. Uh, <laughs> hashtag relatable. Um, but no, but that's such a, you know, like, like in that, those final those those big pinnacle moments of the film gym like it's it's no wonder that everything you've been speaking to like we see that personified in the film of um you know that conviction bleeding out and then bringing others in right mm-hmm. it, 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 her conviction redeems cassian right yeah. um like yeah, Cass- yeah when she says rebellions are built on hope that to me is the sign that she has forgiven Cassian yes. for what he was going to do on Edu. Yeah. But, but anyways, continue. <laughs> no, it will, yeah. that, but that was pretty much my point, right? Like she even, she even reaches him and, and the, the last moment they're together, right? They're, they're at each other's throats, right? Mm-hmm. Like she hates him in a way and, and not hates, but she, I mean, well, she I might. can't necessarily blame her though. Like right. Her, her dad just died. Yeah. You know, within like minutes of them getting onto that shuttle. Right. So, and I mean, it's, it's because obviously of Cassian, a very traumatic yeah. experience that she's gone oh, through. Oh, for sure. For sure. And like, and Cassian is responsible for it inadvertently. <laughs> um, but at the same time, she's ignorant of his experience too. Right. Yeah. And like, that's yeah, why I love sure. Cassian's kind of retort to her. Like, you know, you're not the only one who's lost everything. And I'm sure we're going to learn mm-hmm. what he lost in Cassian's story. <laughs> um, yes. Coming to you on Disney plus. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I mean, yeah. I mean, her, her character is, it's the lifeblood of that movie. While, while Chira is the, mm-hmm. the, you know, he is the staunch faithful person. Even even him though, like Jin is the one that rallies that that family, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. she's the one who. Sets, she's the beating heart of the movie. Yes, exactly. the strongest hearts. The strongest hearts have uh, hearts of Kyber, whatever right. it is. Yes. <laughs> hearts have hearts of Kyber. Yeah, the yes. strongest yeah. hearts have hearts of Kyber. Yes. Strongest stars yeah. have hearts of Kyber. Kyber. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's it's, it's so Jin. true. It's Jin. <laughs> She's the best. She's the to best. me. To me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, can I share a couple of moments from Solo that I that I hashtag relate to? Sure. Uh, if they're Lady Proxima moments, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Um. <laughs> Wait, is that is that a thermal detonator? Is that a rock? It's a thermal just detonator. <laughs> that I just yes, armed. Rock. No, it's not. You made the clicking sound with your mouth. <laughs> the clicking sound with your mouth. <laughs> um, no, just it, it, oh. another big theme, though, from Solo that I really love um, is Han's confidence, and 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 again, I, I like Jim. This is also kind of what sparked, I think, kind of your 
your email initially and, and, and some of my own thoughts in light of how some people just love to like bash on characters that they don't relate to, <laughs> um, ignorant of the fact that they are, are powerful to others. Um, and again, and I, and I talked about this a, a few episodes back um, about how like I've really gotten annoyed with people just like crapping on, on Han and they're like, oh, he's just, you know, this cocky, arrogant piece of garbage, blah, 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 blah. Aww. And it's like, nope, you're not paying attention to the story. Like you, you just choose not to hear it because you're you're the ignorant fool. <laughs> um, and you're a fool. Yes. Um, but yeah, the, and the thing for me is, like, I don't expect, like, everybody to identify with, like, right. every character in Star Wars or emotionally connect. It's when they have, like, a very, like, aggressive yes. opinion of, like, this is a fact, this is a bad character. That's when right. it's like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. And, and like, I'm not a big fan of that. <laughs> the, yeah, no, and that's and that's fair, right? Like, yeah, I mean, I don't identify with Jin the way you do. I certainly don't identify right. with Maul the way Katie does. Um, <laughs> but I also really respect that the power that that's had in, in your life experience. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's what's yeah. beautiful about it yeah exactly yeah um yeah. but this kind of foolish notion that and yes like the the han we meet and the cantina in episode four is just kind of a cocky brash jerk no doubt about it but this is the movie that shows ultimately what led to that um yeah. but before all that like the thing i love about han is that in spite of the harsh reality he grew up in and the abuse that he has faced for what sounds like most of his life this is a, a person who believes they still deserve better. And mm-hmm. I love that about him, that he won't settle for the garbage in the hell he grew up in. He will not settle for that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, it, there's still been no more beautiful line in any opening crawl than he yearns to fly among the stars. That Aww. has connected with me in a way that no opening crawl ever has. Um, and cause that's, that's the thesis statement of that movie. Um, it's, it's what Han is driven by is his desire to fly among the stars and the consistency in that film of his belief that he deserves that to me, it's not cocky or entitled in the least. It is a man who believes he's worth more than hell. And if you don't get that, you don't get Han. So stop mm-hmm hashtag at me like because like, i know that's like and i won't lie like i get really heated because it's like you don't get it and i know you think you do but you're just being a jerk and you don't get it Han <laughs> is a beautiful character because in spite of that he believes he deserves more um and he's a character um so two quick moments i want to hit on and 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 they're they're f- beautiful shots of han and alden oh Oh, be still my heart. Um, <laughs> but of course, the, the first one is that campfire scene. Again, I can't speak enough to how this scene is the perfect Han Solo moment um, because it tells us everything we need to know about that character. Um, it's kind of like um, the the first four chapters of Luke's gospel or the entire gospel in a nutshell. What? <laughs> you just got to apologize, but uh, you don't have to read beyond the fourth chapter. You get the point. Um, solo, a star Wars story tells us everything you need to know about the character of Han Solo without even ever, if you've never seen the original trilogy, you don't even have to solo tells you everything in that moment. Um, and what I mean by that is you get a person who you immediately learn is not totally selfish because his whole, his goal is solely to go save the person he loves. That's it. He wants to go rescue the person of his dreams from hell. And then 
The second part of that moment, um, again, I can't speak to enough how much I love Vale and Beckett in this moment. It's the it's one of the most beautiful romantic scenes in Star Wars um, when they share that kiss. And then you get this zoom in on Han's face. Smi- this is my wallpaper on like everything right now is that shot of Aww. Han smiling. And if you look at it, the fire is actually literally mirrored in his eyes like Aww. to me it's like I want Han, to watch for that next time wa- yeah. yeah watch it when we're done <laughs> um but uh he in that moment he sees the beauty of what love can be and right he just shared who he's after and um and again i strongly identify this because i have two really good friends uh my friends tamara and sarah who mirror to me all the time how beautiful love is in their relationship and every time i watch the two of them it's like I see the light of, of love and it just makes me believe that I can have that too. And, um, they are people that I understand and can relate to and, and they found love. And that's what I love in that moment too. Right. It's, and I know I wrote a blog post about this. Um, but Han recognizes that Beckett and Vale are a lot like him in the sense that they are unrefined. Another big thing I love about Mm. this movie is in even though they're unrefined, imperfect people, they found love. And and I think Han's smile is so big because it shows him that you can get that too. Mm-hmm. And then immediately after that, you see the effects of that, the purity of love, because Han immediately turns to Chewie and says, what about you? What do you want? Right? That is not a selfish character. That is a character who's after love and understands the effects of love. He he will let that spill out, right? Like he yeah. he cares about others. Um, and then real quick, I'm sorry, I know I'm talking a lot, but the other quick moment I I really want to point out that I I just identify with because it's so simple but beautiful is when um, they blast off into hyperspace in in the falcon for the first time and and han is sitting behind lando and l3 and he just grins so big and beautifully as they (laughs) blast into the into the stars and han like in that moment just i think knows in his gut that he's actively pursuing his dreams and he's and and this vehicle is bringing him into the fulfillment of those dreams and um I've really come to identify with that moment just in the last six months of my life because um, I've been, and this is a huge thing for me. um, I've been starting to enter into a new religious tradition, um, which I've been part of the same tradition my whole life, but I'm entering into a new tradition that is giving me such tremendous life. And it's been, it's become this vehicle that is taking me into the wonder of the stars. again. And I I haven't been filled with wonder by a religious tradition in a long time, but I have found this new tradition that makes me filled with wonder. So as Han sits there just grinning with tremendous joy, that's how I feel every time I've been going to to this new church. Every Sunday morning as I sit there and I'm part of this congregation, I just stare and smile and, 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 and I'm filled with this <laughs> sense of wonder as this vehicle moves me into uh, a, a fuller, potential of my dreams and i think that's what's happening for han in that moment so um, that's really nice yeah yeah Yeah. Uh, that's great do you want to you know the most relatable thing darth maul ever said um wait what what (laughs) um all you can tell me is that I can find Java at Java's palace (laughs) (laughs) it was when um 
when he was uh, crazy on on, uh, on Loxo Minor and his brother came to find him and he was sitting there uh, reciting the Sith Code and there's that part in the Sith Code where uh, they say, uh, through victory my chains are broken. And then Maul says to himself, the chains are the easy part. It's what goes on in here that's hard, mm. which is really relatable because, mm. uh, you know, once once you get out, you think, you know, oh, it, it's over, I'm out, you know, which is like, oh, also like congratulations. No, for serious, it can be really hard to get yourself out of relationships like that. It, and if you have made it out, like that's a huge momentous step, and that's great. But then you start to realize that the effects that it's had on you, you know, what goes on in here that's going to take a little while. And I think uh, you could see that with Han too, you know, escape from Corellia was the easy part. Yeah. It's, you know, leaving it behind, you know, leaving everything that it, you know, the effects it had on him right. was hard. And and for those yeah. of you listening to the audio yeah. podcast, Katie is pointing to her head when she says up here. <laughs> I was thinking, oh, here. Yeah, yeah, that's what, that, like, that's I was thinking about that annotation yeah, as well. He points, he points <laughs> yeah. at his head. He's like, yeah, the chains are the easy part. It's what goes on up here. And he like points at his temple and he doesn't poke himself because he doesn't touch one of his horns. He just <laughs> touches his temple and says up here, that's hard. So it's just yeah. like, yeah, oh, relatable. But, you know, Han gets there. <laughs> he leaves it behind, you guys. <laughs> Jin gets there. She leaves it behind. Oh, it's really good. Maul gets there eventually. <laughs> Maul gets there eventually. It just takes him his like, last breath to finally get there. That's really good. But he does. Yeah. 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 Luke gets there, too. He does. At the end, yeah. When, yeah. He, when he's like staring out at that sunset. Ugh. Uh, well, he, he has a couple of moments of of quote unquote getting there, you know, he's, <laughs> yeah. he, he gets there a few times. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. hmm. Well, it's important to mention that progress isn't linear. Right? Yes. You know, yeah, you can cycle back. <laughs> you can so. cycle back or, or once you yeah. complete one mission, so to speak, another mm-hmm. one takes its right place. Yeah. So oh. like, yeah. Li- mm-hmm. life is not a linear thing. It's up and down and all around, and it, we, we all kind of. That's pretty accurate. <laughs> to quote another franchise of mine, it's a wibbly wobbly, timey wimey ball. Of stuff. Um, but I'll yes. watch. I'll watch uh, Doctor Who with you if you watch Game of Thrones. Not Game of Yes, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones with me. We'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk later, Katie. Okay. All right, Carl, is there any other points you wanted to make sure we hit during this episode? I know we've talked a lot already, though. Um, I mean, I, 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 I sadly have so much more that I wrote, but I don't need to get, get into it. Um, because I have at least five other pieces of Darth Maul media I can pull up right now. Like, within arm's reach, I have two novels and three comics that I can quote from if, we're, if we want to keep going for another six hours. I'm just saying. Six hours? What a mad. Yeah, right? Um, <laughs> next time on your Star Wars <laughs> therapy session. Um, well, basically, yeah. With the oh, Wampus Lair podcast. Time for things to get real already? Uh, oh, no. <laughs> Well, Carl, do uh, you think maybe it's time we we stop the conversation for now? Yeah. Um. Well, real quick, anybody have like final thoughts you want to share? 
I love all of you guys. I love all of your personal journeys. No, for serious. It's been so nice to hear how your personal journeys relate to Star Wars. Because, you know, it's Star Wars is like that the common denominator that we all have. It's that well that we all drink from. And when I see how it has nourished you guys, I'm just like, I don't know. I'm so in awe. It's so nice. I love you yeah, guys. To yeah. me, that that's really like the point to all of this is yeah. forming those really strong emotional connections to these characters and mm-hmm. being inspired by them. And other people get just as much or more inspiration from them. And to me, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. And nobody can take that away from you, no oh, yeah. matter what oh, kind yeah. of criticisms they have. That's mm-hmm. what makes this franchise so special. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, there's... Yeah, one closing thought I had. Um, sorry. Um, from Solo, a Star Wars story with Mr. Solo. Um, I think what I like, my biggest takeaway that I've been sitting with for a while with the movie that I just absolutely love, um, and I think a big theme of it, specifically for Han's character in the movie, is um, finding what you need in the unexpected. Um, and, and again, going back to kind of how we started the conversation, this was a movie I didn't want, didn't think I needed, you know, until it came out and all of a sudden it became exactly what I needed, but wasn't expecting. Yeah. And that's literally the story of Han and Chewie in that movie, right? Like, you know, when Chewie cho- chooses to come with them to Dryden's yacht and Chewie wants to go get them drinks. Yeah, whatever. Like Han still doesn't <laughs> really care about Chewie to some degree, right? Like, um, I don't think it's quite that flip. I don't think he like hates Chewie or anything like that, but he's just, he's still very much just going into this new world. The moment like that, I just absolutely have just love in the movie is when they're going into the Kessel run and Kira and Chewie come into the cockpit of the Falcon and Han turns around and says, could use a co-pilot Kira sits down and it goes up to Chewie all awkward. Like, but then Kira is Kira is the one who immediately understands what Han needs Chewy, get in. I'll go help Lando. Yeah. Right, and, and and her last her last words, not the dead last, but some of the last words she speaks to Han is, "Go go help Chewy. He needs you, and you're going to need him." She ensures yeah. that he won't be alone. And the theme of the, this movie for Han is like he thinks he knows what he needs, but he doesn't. And something else finds him and claims him. And it's far more beautiful than he could have ever hoped for. And that's been my experience since that movie has come out. The friends that have claimed me and have shown me love and support, um, this, this new religious journey I've been taking that has claimed me and welcomed me and encouraged me. This was nothing that I expected. I mean, when, when I, you know, all of the things I have lost in life and then like typified with the last thing that I lost, um, you know, Han, Han, in this movie, we learn that Han has lost a lot um, and yet still believes he deserves more. And at the end of the movie, we see him blast into the stars. Um, to me, it's like, yeah, what I thought I needed in life, um, I was wrong about um, what I actually needed in life found me. Um, yeah. And I'm so much better off for it. Now, I don't think Han's quite in as good of a place at the end of the movie, but at least it, <laughs> it, it mirrors to me like, yeah, the the force, if you will, has other plans for us and has other plans mm-hmm. for me. And uh, again, love found me in a way that I never expected. Um, and it's all of my friends right now. They're all Chewie's paw on my shoulder. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, and I'm so indebted to that because I have been welcomed into the 
into the dreams that I've been after for so long. Um, mm. And Solo reminded me that it's to let go of preconceived notions of what that needs to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I think I'm certainly much better off because of it. Yeah. Can I share my favorite Han moment? Please. Because it kind of relates to what you're yeah. saying. <laughs> yes. So it's, it's in Solo when he's going up the elevator with Kira and he looks at her and he just says, we're going to win. Oh, and I, yeah. <laughs> I like it because there is some hesitation in his voice because he's going into this very uncertain, risky situation and he hasn't been able to prepare for it as well as he would have liked. But there's also some hope and optimism in his voice because he has conviction that he can pull this off. And I like that because, I mean, often in life, stuff happens to us very unexpectedly. We can't always prepare for them like the way that we would like to, but sometimes taking on that hopeful and optimistic mindset is enough to sometimes tip the scales in your favor. So that's why I really, really like that moment. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. awesome. It is a great yeah. moment. And little and the little head nod that Chewie gives to him, like, I got you, bro. Um, <laughs> we got this. <laughs> got your back. <laughs> No, that's great. All right. Um, well, to second you, Katie, yeah. I love all of you. And um, and Jim, seriously, thank you for... for oh, thank you for, for having yeah. me on. Oh, yeah. It's been yeah. such an honor You're, to be amongst well, royalty. The, <laughs> <laughs> this is me just being lazy and not taking the time to write back to your extensive email that was so beautifully thought out. I was me. like, the hell with this. I'm just going to get him on the show. <laughs> I'd rather just talk. <laughs> Um, but no, seriously, Jim, thank you for that email. But more than that, thank you for yeah. continuing to be such an honest witness to the beauty of Star Wars fandom and the power of these films and the power of these characters that shape us and move us and, and make us better. Um, mm-hmm. oh, thank you guys so much just for you know focusing on the things that you love about Star Wars. Like This whole podcast that we just recorded is about the things that we love in Star Wars. And that's why I tune into Wampus Lair every week, because you guys do talk about the things you love. So I can't thank you guys enough. You guys are great. Aw, uh, you're <laughs> great. You. No, you. You're great. You, you. <laughs> no, you. No, you. No, me. Me. No. Yes, me. Um, sorry. Me. <laughs> I feel like we're on that, that balcony in Padme's apartment. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's because I'm so in love with you. <laughs> oh my All goodness. right. Well, before before we leave, though, uh, I I think Jim, you have a matchup that you're supposed to be giving us for I next do. week. Okay, Please th- enlighten us. I think this might be the most ridiculous matchup you've had, but I think it's very on brand for the Wampas Lair, and <laughs> that is Newt Gunray versus Rune Hako. Oh. <laughs> oh. I don't know how you guys haven't done this yet. <laughs> yeah, it was right there. Card, if you guys had a Wampus Lair bingo card, it would be all Phantom Menace quotes, and half of those would be for Nuke Gunray. <laughs> He's not wrong. <laughs> what the fuck? That's, so that's a matchup I have for you guys. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's great. I, I, I went to try and quote a Newt Gunray line, and of course, the first one that pops to my head is one from Attack of the Clones for some bizarre reason. I don't know why that happened. Um, 
But anyway, yes, of course. As you know, our podcast is perfectly legal. I would be happy to receive ambassadors. <laughs> My headcanon is every time like the scene cuts, they're just going back and forth like, it's your fault. It's your fault. It's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going in there. You, it's in the truth. <laughs> you didn't tell him about the missing Jedi. <laughs> no need to report that to him until we have something to report. <laughs> what, what is it when, when Padme like climbs up on on top of that thing and he's all like, "She can't do that. <laughs> she can't do that. Shoot her off. Something. Something. <laughs> Patience, Viceroy. She will die. Patience. Die. <laughs> oh, no, I'm convinced it would be like a slapping match between the two of them because they never like make a I fist. Was thinking- like their hand, their hands always just kind of hang there. So I think they would just slap each other until they knocked off each other's hats. <laughs> right, right. First to lose their hat, right, is the, the, is the loser. So yeah, <laughs> that's what I got for you. I love there we it. Go. I love it. That is definitely on brand for Star Wars <laughs> or for, for Wampus Lair. Sorry, yes, um, for Wampus. That is totally on brand for Wampus Lair. And you're right; it is the most ridiculous matchup we've had, yeah, probably. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Jim. But- I, I wanted something it. to be memorable, though, and I think that one's going to be pretty hard to forget. <laughs> <laughs> one way or another, this one will be hard to forget. <laughs> All right. Well, Carl, if people want to weigh in on the matchup or just weigh in on any of the discussion that we had here tonight, if they want to let people want to let us know who they're identifying with right mm. now, where can people do that? Um, you can certainly uh, file, follow us on Twitter at Wampas Lair. Um, we're on Facebook at Wampas Lair Podcast. You can email us like the great Jim Capron. Um, Capron, mm. excuse me, sorry. Um, <laughs> and uh, you can at Wampas Lair Podcast at gmail.com. Um, Katie, where can people find yes. you and all your fun journeys on the interwebs? You guys can follow me on Twitter at Poe Hot Damn Rain. It's a good time. She's allowed to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you, Jim? If, if folks want to, if, if they aren't already following you and, and your incredible musings and introspection on Star Wars, how can they follow you on the Twitterverse? <laughs> well, best place to find me is Twitter. Just Jim C. Capron. So hit me up there. That's Apron right. with a C. Yeah. <laughs> C and then Apron. <laughs> Jim, thanks so much for joining us. It was just such a such a pleasure and and thanks for the the vulnerability to even just start the conversation so real um mm-hmm. and and incur- yeah. and inviting us to do the same so thank you for that oh yeah. thank you guys all this has just been such a blast and you guys are just so great <laughs> yeah hopefully you'll thank come you. back again yeah. oh, of course, of course. <laughs> Jason, All right. he can't do that. Uh, turn off the podcast <laughs> or something. <laughs> patience, Carl, patience. It's almost over. Um, <laughs> wow, that's perfect. <laughs> All right. Carl, Katie, do you have anything else before we close this down? No, I'll just do it. you guys are the best. All right. Well, love it. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening to this episode of the Wampus Lair Podcast. This has been episode number 322, hashtag relatable. For Carl, Katie, and Jim, I'm Jason, and we will see you next time here in the Wampus Lair.
Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, by Brian Daly. Episode 7, New Allies, New Enemies. time ago in a galaxy far, far away, there came a time of revolution, when rebels united to challenge a tyrannical empire. Now it is a dark time for the rebellion. Their fortress on the planet Hoth destroyed, the survivors of the rebel alliance are being hunted across the galaxy. Luke Skywalker, moved by the Force, has gone to the mysterious planet Dagobah to further his Jedi training. One rebel starship, the Millennium Falcon, is now being pursued through an asteroid field by an Imperial Starfleet. Aboard her are the Princess Leia Organa, the droid C-3PO, Captain Han Solo, and his Wookiee first mate Chewbacca. Giant warships and swift TIE fighters close in for the capture at the command of Darth Vader. And on the bridge of the Dark Lord's flagship, other predators are about to take up the hunt. Lord Vader, we have assembled the bounty hunters as you requested. Very good, Admiral. You bounty hunters, heed me well. There will be a substantial reward for the one who finds the Millennium Falcon. You may use any methods necessary, but I want those rebels alive. Is that clear? I wish to hear from you in particular, Boba Fett. I will tolerate no disintegrations. It shall be as you command, Lord Vader. Then go, all of you, and do not forget what I have said. Your lives depend upon it. My Lord Vader. Well, Admiral Piet. My Lord, the rebels are within our grasp. Captain Nita and the Avenger have the Millennium Falcon under close pursuit. I want that ship, Garrett. Relay that to Captain Nita. Yes, my lord. Whatever the cost, I want the Millennium Falcon. Oh, thank goodness we're coming out of the asteroid field. The Imperials are still on us and they're getting closer, man. Relax, sister. We're about to lose it. Ready for light speed, Chewie? Uh, uh, huh. Bye, Starfleet. We'll keep in touch. One, two, and three. It's not fair. No light speed? It's not my fault. We just lost the main rear deflector shield. One more direct hit on the Falcon stern and we're done for. Chewie, bring her about. I said bring her about. I'm going to put all power to the forward shields. Hold it. Hold it. You're not going to attack them. Inspiration is my specialty. Ready to landing claw, Chewie. Landing claw? Sir, the odds of surviving a direct assault on an Imperial Star Destroyer. Rebel, shut up. 
Give me care. You have their deflectors at full power. They cut their speed. Yeah, they're getting cautious. Got any objections, Leia? We've already been an Imperial prisoner, remember? Run or fight or do anything you want except surrender. Uh, we're on a collision uh, course. No, not quite. Hang out the landing claw, Chewie. Kill the engines. Shut her down, Chewie. Lights out. The claw's secure. Yes, but to the huddle of an Imperial Star Destroyer. Our existence is nearly over. No. We're on their upper work, see? A blind spot. We came in so fast, they lost track of us. You picked a perfect place. I'll give you that, flyboy. Yeah. The Imperials will think we got the light speeds in it. And now what do we do? We wait it out. Trust me. I knew it. I knew he'd say that. Just <laughs> Nita has come aboard, Lord Vader. Bring him before me at once. Lord Vader, the Millennium Falcon has eluded us. We are not sure how. She's too small a vessel to carry a cloaking device. Is that so, Captain? I... I accept full responsibility and extend my deepest apology. Her crew was very resourceful. They... They are minor criminals. Marginal outlaws. You are inept. No, Lord And ineptitude is of no use to me or the Empire. Your apology is accepted, Captain Nida. Admiral Piet. Yes, my lord. Your report. The Starfleet has completed its scan of the area and found nothing. If the Millennium Falcon went to light speed, she could be on the other side of the galaxy by now. Alert all commands. Calculate every possible destination along their last known course. Yes, my lord. We'll find that ship. Do not fail me again, Admiral Piet. Alert all commands. Deploy the fleet. Make preparations for light speed at once. Use the force, young Skywalker. Remember the balance within and the balance without. Yes, feet in the sky. <laughs> Good. What now, Master? Burdens you must learn to bear. The first will be your teacher. Hold still. Hey, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Perch on your big foot, I will. Steady. Do it you can. <laughs> Rely not on your muscles alone. To what you are doing. Must you attune yourself? Yes. Good. Good. Now, that stone. Into the air when you raise it with your mind alone. <laughs> Feel the stone float in the air. And concentrate. What's the... What's the matter with... One day you should before you decide to collapse. But I didn't... Master, R2's trying to tell us something. Into the marshes, your fighter. Sinking. Have you no ears? My ship? Oh, no, R2, come on. We gotta save her. Hurry. No... Oh no, no, oh no, look at that. 
There it goes. We're never gonna get the ship out of there now, R2. Never? So impossible, is it? So certain are you? <laughs> Young Skywalker, always with you. It cannot be done. If you wish to lift it out, do so. Master, raising stones into the air is one thing. Raising my fighter out of the swamp, that's, that's totally different. No, no different. Only different in your mind. Unlearn. You must unlearn what you have learned before. But this is so much more. Do it. Raise it. Bring it here to the shore. All right. I'll give it a try. No. Do or do not. There is no try. Now, focus. Yes. Feel the ship. The ship. Concentrate. Mm-hmm. Open yourself to the force. It's so heavy. I'm losing. And hold it up. Master, the fighter's too big. Size matters not. Look at me. Judge me by my size, do you? Of course not. But I, I never meant that you were... And well, you should not. For my ally is the force, and a powerful ally it is. I know that. Oh. I'm, I'm trying... Life creates it, makes it grow. Ah, Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we. See, this arm of yours. We are not this crude matter, not flesh and bone. You must feel the force around you, here, between you. Me, this tree, that rock, everywhere. Yes, even between the land and your ship. Master, I, I, I truly wish I could raise it, but you want the impossible. Told you, did I not? All things are subordinate to the force. Ship, am I? And yet, what? What is that? To the force. The ship. You're doing it. Said I not, the land and the ship 
assure it comes. Because it will. And so, it is here. I don't... I don't believe it. That is why you fail. What does it mean, huh? It means they're getting ready to move into hyperspace. It's just what we've been waiting for. Oh, no. Chewie, go aft and stand by the manual release for the landing crew. Your Highness, I must point out that surrender is a perfectly acceptable alternative in extreme Leia. circumstances. The Empire may be gracious enough to reconsider its attitude and be Sorry, 3PO. Now the nap will do him good. He's been through a lot. What do you have in mind for our next move, James? If the fleet follows standard Imperial procedure, they'll dump their garbage before they go to light speed. And then we just let loose and float away? With the rest of the garbage? Well, well. You're actually thinking instead of reacting. What do we do then? There, we gotta find ourselves a safe port somewhere. You got any ideas? Where are we? I know it, system. Let's see what the data banks say. I know it, system. Well, there's not very much around here. No. Well, wait. I'm getting pretty good at that. Lando. Lando system? Lando's not a system. He's a man. Lando Calrissian. He's a uh, card player, a gambler, a scoundrel. You'd like him. Oh, thanks. He's on the planet Bespin. That's pretty far from here, but I think we can make it on sublight engines. What does that say? Cloud City? It's a mining colony? Yeah, a Tabana gas mine. Floating refinery suspended in the atmosphere. How'd one of your friends get into an honest line of work? Lando con somebody out of Cloud City. We go back a long way, Lando and me. Can you trust this Lando? Of course not. No, of course not. But he's got no love for the Empire. Look, they're unloading their junk. Hey, Chewie, here we go. Stand by the claw. Well, will you look at that? Just like you said. Looks like a zero-gravity scrapyard, doesn't it? Wish the taxpayers could see this. Attach the claw, partner. It's working. What do you know? You do have your moments, hon. Clean living and a pure heart triumph again. The fleet's accelerating. Into hyperspace and good riddance to it. Now if our luck will just hold out, we can... Quit that kind of talk. It's a piece of cake from here on in. We hit Bespin, Lando fixes the Falcon, and we head for the rendezvous. Stand by, Chewie. At least I get to find out if it's true. If what's true? All that stuff about honor among thieves. Why don't you buckle in and give it a rest? Now, will your control of the Force lift you from the ground? To your concentration, hold. Turn. Head down. Feet in the air. Your control, remember. Well done. No limits are there to one who reaches out to the force. Your equipment there. Raise that box. Yes, effort must there be. But within you is the power. 
Hold still, R2. You go. No, don't worry. I won't let you fall. Sorry. There is your strength. Through the force, things will you see. Other places. The future. The past. Old friends long gone. But how will I know? On. Land. No, no! You must learn control. You do not concentrate. I saw... I saw a city in the clouds. A floating city. Friends have you there? Yes, Han and Leia and the others. They were in pain. It is the future, you see. Future? Well, will they die? Please, Master, I have to know. Difficult to tell. Always in motion is the future. But I've got to go to them. You act in haste? Oh, come, have you lost all wisdom? I can't just let them be killed. Decide you must how to serve their best. If you leave now, help them you could. But you would destroy all for which they have fought and suffered. But... All right. I believe you, Master. But I feel as though I'm being torn in two. This is Cloud City Control. You will not deviate from your present course. Our interceptors will escort you for a landing. There will be no further warning shots the next time we'll fire for effect. Rather touchy, aren't they? Han, I thought you were friends with this Lando person. Ah, be quiet, Chewie. It was a long time ago. I'm sure Lando's forgotten all about that by now. All about what? What are you turning us into? Nothing, nothing. There, just as I thought, with a dreadful pedal once again. You really got to do something about your morale problem, three you. So, if you don't level with me right this second, I am going Little to... Little misunderstanding me and Lando had a while back. Lydium Falcon, this is Cloud City Control. You're cleared for landing on platform 327. See? Nothing to worry about. Be advised, you are being tracked by our weapon systems. <sighs> Who's worried, huh? I, for what I must confess. There's Cloud City. I'll give you this much. It's beautiful. But... What holds it up? Are you certain it's safe? Chewie says not to forget, you still got that cutoff switch on your back, 3PO. Oh. Okay, there's the landing platform. Shouldn't we have waited inside the Falcon Princess there? There's no one here to meet us. It seems rather ominous. I don't like it either, Han. Well, what would you like, Your Highness? Perhaps it will be all right. After all, they did permit us to land. Lots of predators hunt that way, 3PO. Don't worry. Everything's going to be fine. Trust me. Every time he employs that phrase, my circuitry becomes erratic. Oh, look over there. Yeah, it's Lando. All those surly gentlemen with the guns. Oh, dear, this is going to be a congenial reunion, isn't it? Right. Hugs and kisses. So, and so, it is. See? My friend. Ah, uh, Chewie. Your eyes open. You slimy, double-crossing, no-good swindler. Guards, cover them! Uh, we're done. Been a long time, Lando. Sully, you've got a lot of guts coming to Cloud City after what you've pulled on me. Who? Me? You might as well put up your fist now. I'm gonna knock you down either way. 
No, hey, wait. Hey! <laughs> I just wanted to see if you can still duck as fast as you used to. How you doing, you old pirate? Where you been? He seems very friendly, doesn't he, Your Highness? Well, here and there, business as usual. Nothing honest? Yes, 3PO, very friendly. <laughs> of course not. Profit margin's too low. And what are you two doing here? Uh... Repairs to the Falcon. I thought you could help me out, Lando. What have you two lunatics done to my ship? Your ship? Hey, you lost her to me, fair and square. A lucky day for you, only thing you ever did right. And how you been, Chewbacca? You still hanging around with this loser? <laughs> Hello. What do we have here? What? A charming young lady. Uh, uh, Lando, this is... Welcome, my dear. I'm Lando Calrissi, administrator of this facility. And who might you be? I'm Leia. How do you do? And welcome, Leia. You have definitely improved my day. All right, all right, you old smoothie. Come in, all of you. Thanks. Come on, Leia. I knew we could count on you, Lando. Hello, Administrator Calrissian. I am C-3PO, Human-Cyborg Relations. My entire facilities are... Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, come on along, Chewbacca. Leia, you'll have to tell me what these two did to the prettiest starship that ever graced the sky. Well, really, sometimes humans can be so insensitive... So many life forms, not Thomas. What's wrong with the Falcon, man? Hyperdrive. It's less than twice. No, that's all no problem. I'll get my people to work on it right away. Thanks, Lando. That's one I owe you. My pleasure. You know, Leia, that ship saved my life any number of times. She has a habit of doing that sort of thing. It's the fastest hunk of junk in the galaxy. It's a gas mine. Still paying off for you? Oh, not as well as I'd like. We're a small outpost here by Imperial standards and not very self-sufficient. You seem to be prospering. I've had supply problems with every kind. I've had labor difficulties. I've been... <laughs> What's so funny, man? <laughs> you, listen to you. You sound like a businessman, a responsible leader. <laughs> Leia, don't you laugh at me, too. I won't, Administrator Calrissian. We're going to have to get you used to my first name. Come, I'll show you to your quarters. Yeah, it's true. I am responsible these days. How unfortunate for you. It's a price you pay for being successful this way. This is so interesting. Oh, oh dear, where did they go? Dear, what shall I do now? Another relations droid. Oh, how nice to see a familiar face. Hello. Final B room. In chill tower. How rude. Obviously an inferior design. Well, oh, what's this? A technical facility. How marvelous. Why, that sounds like an R2 unit in there. I wonder. Hello. Is anyone there? You. Who are you? Oh, my. Oh, uh. I, I, I'm terribly sorry, sir. I, I didn't mean to intrude. I'll just go on my way. Come back here, No, you. no, please, don't get up. Hold still. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, this is all a terrible misunderstanding. I have... I've been shot. Ah! All right, R2. Let's see how the engines sound. Not bad, considering she was underwater. Okay, shut them down. You are being impulsive, unthinking. You must not go. But they'll die if I don't. You don't know that for certain, Luke. Then? Even Yoda cannot see their fate there in Cloud City. But I can help them. I feel the force. But you cannot control it. This is a dangerous time for you, Luke, when you will be tempted by the dark side of the force. Yes, yes. To Obi-Wan, you listen, Master, I promise to return and finish what I've begun. You have my word. It is you and your abilities the Emperor wants. That is why your friends are made to suffer. That is why I have to go. Luke, 
I don't want to lose you to the Emperor the way I lost Vader. You won't then. Stopped they must be. On this, all depends. If you choose to face Vader, you will do it alone. I cannot interfere. I understand. R2, fire up the converters. Luke, don't give in to hate. That leads to the dark side. Strong is Vader. Mind what you have learned, youngster. Save you we can. I will, Master. And I'll return. I promise. You'll see. Obi-Wan told you I did. Reckless is he. And now, matters are even worse than before. That boy is our last hope. No, there is another. Luke Skywalker is drawn towards a future that no Jedi Master, Dark Lord, or Emperor can predict or control. And in Cloud City are the man to whom he owes his life, the woman whose image has led him to tragedy and triumph, and the enemy who stands poised for a final battle. Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back by Brian Daly, based on characters and situations created by George Lucas. Featured in the cast were Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker, Anthony Daniels as C-3PO, Billy D. Williams as Lando Calrissian, Perry King as Han Solo, John Lithgow as Yoda, Brock Peters as Darth Vader, and Anne Sachs as Princess Leia. Also heard were Bernard Behrens, Nicholas Kepros, Stephen Markle, Jeffrey Pearson, David Rashi, Alan Rosenberg, and Jay Sanders. This is Ken Hiller. Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back was directed by John Madden with Tom Vagley. Sound design for Lucasfilm by Ben Burt. Music by John Williams. Casting and production coordination by Mel Saar. The executive producer was John Boss. Post-production was realized at Studio M in St. Paul on the 3M Digital Mastering System by Tom Vagley. <laughs>